0: Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is the lovely Court Garfoot, who is a marketing expert. She is currently a content creator, recipe developer, and health writer, and she is studying to become a nutritionist, currently undertaking her degree as we speak. And I'm really excited to dive more into the world of marketing because I know it's such a popular topic and I know how important it is for all of us to get ourselves and our businesses and our services out there in front of people. So this is going to be a really valuable episode. And I really appreciate you coming on the show today, Court. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. It's
0: an absolute pleasure. Let's get into it by talking a little bit about what got you interested in the nutrition space.
1: Yeah, so I um I'm really fortunate that I grew up in a family that really valued health and nutrition all along. Um, I think that the family environment has a lot to do with where our nutritional values come from. Um, and, yeah, we were, like, really fortunate, mum and Dad always- Always had a lot of healthy food around and um, we had a massive veggie garden growing up. So like someone made a comment to me not that long ago about like asking how good I was at washing vegetables before I cooked them. And I was like, I'm actually really bad at it because I grew up just picking it out of the garden and eating. Like, It's not something I'm used to doing at all. So um, so, yeah, we had a massive veggie garden. Like we had a rule that we could eat anything we wanted straight from the garden as much mm. as we wanted. Um, so like if we were hungry, we'd just go like eat peas out of the garden all the time. That's incredible. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really, it was really amazing. Um, and like, even just the other day, my sister, she's moved out of home as well now. She sent me a photo, and she was like, "This plate for dinner, everything came out of my own garden." Oh wow! Um, and so yeah, so we're both. I mean, my veggie garden's not looking great at the moment, but we're both you know, like um really value that fresh fruit and vegetables that we grew up with. Yeah. Um, from there like always had an interest in it um when I was in year 11 at school I decided that I wanted to do nutrition and dietetics um so I was studying for that and then I was a perfectionist but I still am a perfectionist but then I got 43 percent on a chemistry test and I decided that I could and chemistry was a prerequisite for um dietetics so I decided that I couldn't do it and I was doing well in my commerce and law subjects I decided to do a double degree of marketing and law instead yeah um so (laughs) then I did a full circle um so I finished that degree I worked in marketing for a while and then I um I got really really unwell in 2016 and then in 2018 I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and it was then through those experiences with western medicine um where particularly for fibromyalgia um there's not a lot of research at the moment around what to do with, like, how to manage it. Um, so I went to... I was diagnosed by a rheumatologist. I was given a prescription for Panadol and five repeats um, and given two antidepressants to talk to my psychiatrist about because I was already on antidepressants, so she didn't want to change them for me um, and told to see my GP for pain relief, come back if it doesn't work. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I would have been... How oh, old was I then? Like 22, 23. Oh my God. Um, really wasn't happy with that answer. <laughs> um, so then I, yeah, I probably was only three at the time, I reckon. So then I ended up seeing, I did like, I spent some time doing my own research um, found that there was actually research into diet and fibromyalgia. So I took um, gluten, dairy, and refined sugars out of my diet myself, yep. felt a lot better. Um, but I felt there was still more I could be doing. So I started working with a nutritionist and then I was like, actually, this is what I want to do. So Mm -hmm. then I started studying, um, nutrition with Endeavor college.
0: Yeah. Amazing. And how far into your degree are you currently?
1: Uh, so I took my first year part-time. So this is my third year of study, but my technically second year.
0: Yep. Amazing. And are you so happy now that you have, come into this field like you started off wanting to be there and it took a bit of a detour but here you are back in the nutrition and health space and does it just feel like you've come home
1: yeah absolutely absolutely like I, I really do enjoy it like I'm getting a little bit overstudy like because my marketing law degree was five years and now it's another three so like getting a little bit over the study side of it but I am really enjoying it and I can't wait to be finished and like I'm going to clinic next year so I'm like it's one more year till I start seeing people
0: yes that is so exciting
1: I'm starting to do practical subjects now too so that's putting it into action as well which is nice
0: yeah yeah that's so perfect and it is really good having that background of the marketing and the law even because that we have like legal things to take into consideration but definitely that marketing side of thing is going to be so so beneficial when you're out in the world and you can get people to know about what you have to offer (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Or like already I've got, yeah, I've got about 2,700 Instagram followers. Yeah. Um, and I've still got pretty much two years until I graduate. Yeah. So it's great to have that ability to build that awareness. Um, and it's meant that I've been able to launch a business from it already anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And tell us a little bit more about that side of your business.
1: Yeah. So I am... Um, so I was working in advertising for a while, and then I went and worked um, in education for 12 months. Um, yep. And then COVID hit, so I was on a 12 month contract and my contract couldn't get renewed. Yep. Um, so I started my business in November last year. Oh, so um, yeah, and I wrote an ebook. Yep. Um, about marketing for practitioners um and i just help practitioners mentoring in marketing space consulting running campaigns and then doing some health writing and recipe development as well
0: yeah amazing so it
1: really does bring together two things that i really do enjoy
0: Yeah, it's the perfect balance. And I just want to say your ebook is incredible. I just had a read through of it and it's such great information in there. And it's so cool that you're offering that to people to help them learn about the foundations of marketing and how to use it in their businesses as practitioners yeah so well done thank
1: you thank you that's very kind um yeah it it was interesting when i was going through it um so when i was working in advertising i was doing behavior change campaigns so i was working for things like bushfire campaigns um i did motor accident commissions. so we did phone use while driving campaigns low level speeding those kind of campaigns is what i worked on yeah and It's interesting when you look at those campaigns, because what you're trying to do is get someone to change their behavior in a nutrition world, we're getting someone to change their behavior. Like the fundamentals are very, very similar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It all comes down to behavior change because you can tell people to do something, but unless they actually do it and change that behavior of theirs, it's kind of pointless.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) We're not going to get the outcomes that we desire or that they want either.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about the work you're doing with fellow practitioners and other companies to help them with their content strategy and their marketing.
1: Yeah, so um, I have a mentoring program, which is eight weeks um, and it includes four one hour meetings. Um, So depending on, like I've worked with students, um, practitioners who have got established businesses, practitioners who are just starting their business and literally have two Facebook followers. every like every end of the scale um if they are interested in you know wanting to learn those skills themselves which for a small business and students makes a lot of sense yeah and um, so helping them you know we set some goals and work through any marketing challenges that they have whether that's building awareness issues with conversion or issues with um consideration so whether people actually understand what it is that they do yeah yeah um then other practitioners are like i don't have time for that courtney just go and do it so i'm like all right i'll just go off and (laughs) run a google campaign or run a facebook campaign and whatever goals we're setting whether it's you know to get clients in or whether we're promoting a masterclass or a workshop or whatever we're doing focusing on that stream as well um and then yeah recipe development and health writing around that when i'm needed
0: yeah brilliant and when it does come to finding the recipe development and the health writing jobs do you get approached for those based on the marketing you're doing or is a bit of a mix and you're sort of reaching out to people as well
1: um so far i've been approached for those but it's more been through people that i know like i do a fair bit with my like own pilates studio because they're like hey you're here um so yeah it's more through connections like that that i've been able to get that kind of work
0: Yeah I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of it does come back to connections doesn't it and the importance of networking and knowing the right people and just putting yourself out there in front of people.
1: Absolutely and just like continually having those conversations where someone's like oh what do you do and like for so long I was like like I definitely had a bit of that um like probably imposter syndrome where I was like I don't want to say that I've started a business in case it all fails and then it won't like then I'm going to tell people that I don't have my business anymore and then I was like no like And then like it was a couple months in and someone was like, oh, so what do you do? And I was like, I run my own marketing business. Yeah. And they were like, oh, that's amazing. My brother's a physio and he's just started a business. He needs help. And I'm like, great. Like,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. So like you never know who, like what's going to come out of talking to someone and telling them what it is you do. And even like telling them what it is you want to do, because even if you're not doing it now, if you're not telling people that's what you're interested in, then they don't know that that's the kind of work that you're interested in.
0: Yeah. That is such a good point. So important, isn't it? And I think imposter syndrome is something that everyone gets and it's just something we have to sort of be like, okay, this is all part of it. We just got to push through it. So it's great that you have come to that point where now you are telling people and proudly telling people and you're getting work out of it. And I'm sure that's really affirming that you're on the right path as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So, what would some of your top marketing tips be to people who are listening to this episode?
1: My first one would probably be like, if you're looking at, um, well, my first one would be to define your target audience. Yes. So, working out is who who you want to talk to, because without knowing who you want to talk to, yeah. you just you can be talking to the wrong people and barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. And um, so, you need to work out who you want to talk to, and from that, you'll also work out where they are. So like social media is a great platform because it is free. Yeah. Um, and most people have a social media profile of some sort. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, but different platforms attract different audiences. So you need to work out where your like who your audience is and where they are. Um, yeah. My second tip would be to be consistent. So being consistent in the way you're showing up. So making sure that you're using the same fonts, using the same colors, um, is really important and if you're using social media consistent posting helps with the algorithm as well yep. but it's really important that you look consistent because that's like i mean you're showing up in someone's feed once every now and again really like they're not sitting there looking for you to come up yeah so when we see someone down the street we're like oh i know you i've seen you before we want someone to have that recognition when you like we see them in our feed because it's like oh that looks like that brand i've seen that before yes yeah. um and my third one would be to pick a couple of topics that you're interested in like yep. it's it brands tend to grow a lot better when people know what you're there to talk about yep so you don't have to don't have to be super niche don't have to feel like you're locking yourself into a topic forever mm-hmm. um you can change later on that's also totally fine but i find picking two or three gives me and brands enough variety that you're not getting bored of the content you're producing yeah but you're also giving people like people know what they're there to look at
0: yeah and
1: and it also means that you're not like researching to the end of the world over every topic it's a lot easier once you're on a bit of a roll with a couple of topics you then develop your own knowledge in that area and it's a lot easier to produce content
0: yeah, that's so true. I agree with that in terms of it being easier to produce content because otherwise it can just be overwhelming. The amount of things you could write about, there's so many things, but having a few like core topics and core focuses based on your niche and your target audience, yeah, just really narrows it down. It's like, okay, I know what I'm here to create today. <laughs>
1: yeah, and picking those topics that you enjoy is like, because your passion's going to come through. If yeah. you're passionate about it, it's a whole lot easier to talk about it than if you're interested in that topic.
0: So true. Absolutely. And how about to people who are just starting out, who can be a little bit overwhelmed by you sort of like you get on social media and you're scrolling through and you see all these amazing nutritionists with huge followings. And it can be like, how can I get to this? What's the point? Like there's sort of that comparison game, which we shouldn't be comparing, but it happens to all of us. And What's some of your tips around that and not letting that comparison get in the way and telling, like, helping people put themselves out there, even if it is just the very beginning for them?
1: We all have to start somewhere. Like we all had zero followers one day. We, we all had one follower at some point. Like we all absolutely have to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, you can always archive a post. Like yeah. you can, there is nothing wrong with just getting, getting started, getting stuff out there. If later on you change your topics or you change your brand or you change your opinion on something, you can always archive a post like it does not have to stay there forever there's absolutely nothing wrong with that yeah and just have fun with it like it doesn't have to be super serious you like you you just have to get started and i think too like if you're worried about building your following interacting with other profiles is a really good way of doing that Use hashtags Search for content that you're like you're also interested in, and find other people who are interested in that. Follow yep. them, comment, like, share their posts. Um, that will really help build your profile. I think, I think the start of May last year, I had almost 300 followers. Yeah. Um, and then I did a big push for fibromyalgia awareness month in May, and then my following's grown since then. So I think yeah, my following's mm-hmm. grown over 2,000 in 12 months.
0: That's incredible.
1: Um, Yeah. It's definitely possible to do. It's just producing content and interacting with other brands and remembering that we do all start somewhere. Yeah. And
0: I've also found the
1: nutritionists like nutrition is an amazing industry. Everyone is so happy to help each other out. Like the amount of times that I've, you know, messaged someone being like, Hey, that's a great post. How did you do that? And they're like, or where did you find that information? More than happy to give that information or, Like I've even done posts for clients and someone else has commented and been like, I love this. How did you do it? They're like, "Corny did it for me. Go ask her. Like, and more than happy to have those conversations. Like everyone's really happy to help each other.
0: Yeah, it's so true. I love that. And it's so nice that we are all here to support each other because we all have the same end goal at the end of the day. We all just want to help people and help people be healthy. And the more we can work together, the more people we can reach. So I'm all about that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And no one nutritionist can serve everyone. So we all need to work together.
0: Yeah. hundred percent agree with that. Awesome. So you've mentioned that you grow, grew your Instagram following quite significantly. What are some of the key things you mentioned um, putting out valuable content, of course, and uh, doing a fibromyalgia push there. So you had sort of like your focus topic. Um, But what are some of the things that you think really helped you with that growth?
1: um being specific about what i was talking about so for the yep. whole month i just spoke about fibromyalgia and yep. um, now i tend to talk about female hormones fibromyalgia um and a bit of gut health just because it's linked to both of them um and there are also topics that i'm passionate about like i have fibromyalgia ibd and pcos so yep. it's it's stuff that i'm passionate about it's stuff that i'm already researching for myself so producing content is quite easy for that yep. um so yeah, like having specific topics, consistent posting, interacting with other um, accounts that had similar interest to mine really helped grow my following. Mm-hmm. And also producing shareable content was the other one. Like producing, like putting myself in my target audience's shoes and thinking, like if I saw a fibromyalgia account, or if I saw a PCOS account, or if I saw a nutritionist account, what would I want to share with my family and friends?
0: Yeah.
1: Um one of my most popular posts is about spoon theory so that's a theory about um energy levels and chronic illness and fatigue um and i forget how many times that's been shared but i last i checked it had reached about twenty five thousand people wow Um, which is huge and i think i've got about 100 followers from that post yeah um but it's just because that's content people want to share with their friends and family, so that they have an insight into what it's like to live with chronic illness. Yeah. Um, whereas my part po- like my recipe posts, probably don't like they don't get shared as much. People save them, which is great for my engagement. Yeah. But they don't get that same reach because it's not like something people want to share with their friends and family.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. It makes total sense. Yeah. Mm.
1: And I- getting that shareable content means that. Like they then share it with their friends and family and then they see it and they like it and it goes on and on
0: and on. Yeah, brilliant ripple effect there, definitely.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and as someone who is such an expert in the marketing space, tell us a little bit about your content strategy. So you obviously use social media. How often do you post? Do you also post blog posts or like more long form articles? Um, Yeah, what does your content strategy look like?
1: Yeah, so I try to post on social media two to three times a week. Um, I focus on producing quality content rather than quantity of content um, because that's what's important at the moment rather than just staying in the feed um, is producing content that people actually want to engage with. Yeah. I try to show up on stories every day because that's important for engagement. um, And I try to post um, like an engagement in my stories probably once a week. So whether that's a questions or a poll or something like that, just to keep that going. Yeah. Um, I do a blog post probably once a month yeah. um, as a longer form piece, but that depends on content that I'm talking about. Yeah. So if I'm wanting to go into more depth, I'll do a blog post and I will link that to my posts um, or through my link tree on Instagram. Yeah. So that's yeah, pretty much my content strategy at the moment.
0: Amazing. Um, it also
1: depends on your goals. Like I don't, like I don't have a goal to push people to my website. I don't like, it's not as if I need people there to book an appointment or anything like that. So I'm happy for just to build my social media following at the moment. Yeah. Whereas if you're looking to get people to your website, you're looking at doing more blog posts and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: And I've recently got into the field of TikTok as well. Oh, so
0: yeah. <laughs> Having some fun. I need to play in
1: that face too. Um, yeah. Partly cause it's fun. Um, And also it's, a great way to produce reels for Instagram, which is great to boost engagement and reach as well. So playing in TikTok as well at the moment.
0: Yeah, amazing. And so at the moment you have like two main focuses. You've got your um, marketing side of things and then you're also growing your nutrition side of things. Tell us a little bit about how you balance the two separate niches.
1: Yeah, um, I chose to keep them on the one profile. Yeah, um, And I tend... so. My plan is, and it, like, I only released my ebook last month. So it's only been more recently that I've started blending the two together. Yep. Um, but I, I post a lot about my general life as well, because yep. people are interested in how I live with chronic illness. Yep. I am fortunate that I have the access to information mm-hmm. that I do have and the access to healthcare that I have to be able to manage them yep. affection- efficiently and effectively so the fact that i can live with multiple chronic illnesses run a business and study yeah. um <laughs> it's quite interesting to a lot of people um so i post a lot about my life as well um but then i like they are different audiences um one thing that i do talk about in the book is that we are all consumers so treat like treat your consumers like intelligent human beings because you're also an intelligent human being
0: yeah.
1: people know that i have run a business and i have chronic illness yeah. um and I'm studying. So that's what people come to my profile for. Yep. So I trust that people who follow me will be like, Oh, there's a book for ebook. That's that post isn't for me. I'll just scroll on by. Mm -hmm. Um, and I probably only post about my business maybe once a month. Like sometimes I'll be like, like I do in my stories a few times a week, be like, this is what I'm doing today because people find that interesting. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't tend to use a lot of my business stuff on my profile because I don't really need to.
0: Yep, that makes sense. And
1: and like it's in my bio that I do marketing. It's on my website that I do marketing. So if people are interested in that, they're going to
0: gravitate and dig deeper. Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds like a good way to manage it.
1: Yeah, and like most brands will have multiple audiences. Like if you think of a clothing company, they also, like most clothing companies do female and male clothing. Yeah. If you as a female or someone identifies as female sees male identified clothing in your feed, you just scroll on by, and you know, it's not for you. So I don't have an issue with blending those two audiences.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Absolutely. And speaking of like balancing different things, let's chat about how you do juggle everything you've got going on. So you've got the chronic illnesses, you've got your studies, you've got your marketing business. Tell us more about how you do manage it all.
1: Yeah. Um like I am really lucky that I am able to run my own business. Um, It's actually a lot easier now that I am running my own business and I have flexibility with my time and like, don't get me wrong. That is not a privilege. A lot of people have that took a lot of work. Um, And like, I probably got really sick trying to work so hard to start a business, Um, but we got there and I have what I wanted now. Um, so I, I like week to week, it looks different. Um, Mondays and Tuesdays I work in the office. Um, so those days are prioritized on work. Um, I live on my own. I work from home the rest of my week. So that's just a chance to actually see people and do something. Yeah. So I work from the office two days a week. That's my Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday, I work from home and that's my long day. So I will start work at probably eight thirty, eight o'clock. Yeah. Um, but then I pop out to go to Pilates. I come back and work um, just because I'd rather work in my pajamas for an hour then go to Pilates at 7 a.m. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then I come back, I work, um, and then I have a, cl- a class from home in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I log onto that and then I log back into work and I probably finish work at about 7 o'clock on a Wednesday. Then I take my dog for a quick walk and that's about a day done. Thursday is a mix of work and uni depending on what has to happen so I have a uni class that morning and in the evening. And in between that, I just go between work and study depending on what has to happen. Yeah. Um, and then Friday is a big uni day, but I'm still on work emails when I need to be, but I try and do a lot of uni work on Friday. Yeah. My, a lot of my appointments I do remotely through telehealth or Zoom appointments. Um, so my nutritionist I see remotely. Um, she's probably one of my most regular appointments. And then I have acupuncture as well, probably once a month I try to go once a month yeah and like that's a face-to-face appointment obviously but they're pretty good about like I can get a four o'clock or five o'clock appointment um or I'll go in between uni classes for that Mm -hmm. um I manage my diet really strictly as well that's really important in juggling everything in terms of juggling my fatigue so like I'm doing Pilates because I find I need a bit of exercise so between Pilates, diet, and then juggling everything else time-wise, um, that's how I do it at the moment. But it changes a lot. Like where like my body doesn't like cold weather, it's coming into winter here at the moment, or we into autumn now, but it's getting cooler.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm starting to feel that more. Mm-hmm. So things will probably change. Like I'll probably include um infrared saunas again soon because i find them good for warming up my body Um, and it'll just depend on what's happening around me at the time Um, i also got access to cbd oil about nine months ago and that has made a huge difference to my pain management so that also helps significantly in me being able to do things
0: yeah fantastic it sounds like you've got a really good system to keep on top of everything and to take care of yourself, which is obviously so vital for you to be able to do any of the other stuff.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I think like chronic illness definitely teaches you that you are so aware of what happens inside your body. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because you go to every doctor's appointment they're like, so how have you been lately? Where has your pain been? How bad's it been? What are your flare-ups like? How long are your flare-ups? How intense are they? So you're just so used to monitoring everything that you do get good at pacing yourself and knowing how much you can do and when.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And do you have an idea of what you wanna do when you do graduate?
1: Yeah, so I would love to run my own practice. Yeah. Um, I would love to run like a remote practice cause I love freedom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just being able to work from wherever I am would be amazing. Yeah. Um, probably looking at your know, autoimmune disease, women's health, that area. Yep. Because it is what I'm super passionate about. Um, and yeah, just being able to work when I want to have freedom of my time will be really good.
0: Yeah, that sounds I amazing. Also
1: help people. Like I'm actually like I love the marketing work I do with practitioners at the moment because you know, the work you guys do is amazing. To be able to actually do that work myself is going to be amazing.
0: Yeah, definitely. And do you think you will keep offering the marketing services as part of your future offerings? Or do you think you'll try and focus more on the health side of things?
1: I'll probably end up doing a bit of both. Like I'll probably step away a bit more from the health writing just because yes. it's time consuming. Um, but the mentoring, I, lo- like, I love mentoring. So yeah. I'll probably keep a few mentoring students on the go at the same time.
0: Yeah. It's such a fun thing, isn't it? So rewarding. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's exciting.
0: Yeah, definitely. Amazing. And so what are some tips when it comes to getting clients in the field you're currently in? So in things like um, content creation and recipe development.
1: Um, start with your own profile. Yep. Show, people, show people that you can do it, build your own portfolio um, would definitely be the first step. Like, I've got recipe developer work because people have been like, Hey Courtney, I see you like you create your own recipes. Do you do that for other brands as well? And I'm like, yeah, sure. No worries at all. Yeah. Like definitely start with, start with producing your own content, build your own website. It's not that hard to build a WordPress website. Yeah. Um, start putting your recipes on there, start your Instagram, start producing content. Um, Content creation comes a bit more with a following than recipe development does. Like you need to build that following first before brands are interested in working with you. Um, But the recipe development definitely just start producing content. Start producing your own recipes, start playing around with it.
0: Amazing. Yeah, good tips. And how about growing a mailing list? Is that something you recommend people do?
1: Um, It depends on what, what you're trying to achieve um mailing lists like a lot of people don't realize but it, like if you've got a certain number on a mailing list you often have to pay for it yeah um so like although it's a great channel and a really rewarding one if you are like wanting to book clients um then it's probably worth it but if you're a student who's still building your following and you're not like not in clinic yet like i'm not in clinic um, it's probably not worth it yet so it depends on what stage of your you know, journey you're at in terms of what you're trying to attract yeah the other thing with having a mailing list is you have to reduce content and look after that mailing list yeah <laughs> so if you're prepared to you know nourish that list and write emails and send them out it's not really worth focusing on
0: yeah yeah makes sense Cool. And you spoke a little bit earlier about um, like paid campaigns and ads and those sorts of things. At what point in someone's business do you think it's worth doing that? Is it first better to focus on the free stuff and then move towards the paid? Or can paid strategies have a place early on in someone's business as well?
1: Um, I would focus on free first, yep. just also for like return on investment perspective. Um, if you're just starting at your business, it doesn't make sense to be shelling out money on advertising. Yeah. Um. It also means that like if you do a paid campaign and someone clicks through to your profile, mm-hmm. you want to have something there for them to look at. So if you, like if I saw a paid campaign, I clicked through on it and there's nothing on their profile, I'm not going to follow them because I don't know what they're about. Yeah. But if they've got, you know, some content there, i will be like, yeah, that's actually what I'm interested in. I'm going to like their page or follow them. Yeah facebook and instagram work differently in that respect on instagram it's a lot easier to grow an audience outside your own because you can interact with hashtags whereas facebook is a lot harder to use hashtags and they just work in a different way so facebook can be like facebook ads are really good for expanding your reach outside your existing audience yeah but once again you have to have content there for people to come back to
0: yeah yeah that makes total I
1: tend to think of a Facebook
0: page like a Facebook page
1: is almost like the front page of a newspaper like you just it's there it's there more than anything so that people can just see what you're about like you produce content but you're more talking to your existing people who are already reading a newspaper anyway yeah um than a new audience like People tend to buy a newspaper because they know what they're there for. Like, you don't just walk by and just grab a random one. Yes. So, a Facebook page is great. Like, so um, for a practitioner, for example, if you're, um, I'll use the example of a dietitian. So, someone might Google dietitians in my area. Someone pops up. You click through to their website. You're like, mm, I really like. I think I like them. I think I like what they're about. I'll check their Facebook page to see what that's like too. Yeah. And your Facebook page just backs up what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And do you recommend sharing the same content from Instagram onto the Facebook page so you don't have to double handle? Because I know that's one of my favourite things to do personally, but is that in your experience, is that something worth doing?
1: Totally, like absolutely the biggest fan of recycling content. (laughs) Um, Like there's nothing wrong with using the same post for Instagram, Facebook. There's even nothing wrong. Like if you had a really awesome post three months ago, post it again. People are not gonna remember, and chances are you've got it like you've got new followers anyway. Um, I think at the moment or last time I looked, which was about a month ago um facebook posts were showing up in about 10 percent of your followers feeds wow. so there's no guarantee you're going to hit the same 10 percent every time so yeah. if, if you've got a great post post it again
0: yeah
1: um, <laughs> the only caveat on using the same content for instagram and facebook is that they do behave slightly differently yeah. so things like links work really well on facebook whereas links don't work in posts on instagram yeah so if you've got a link in instagram Make sure you pop it in the bio or use something like Linktree so you can use multiple links yep. rather than put it in the post.
0: Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a good thing to note. Absolutely. Mm,
1: yeah, when I see links on Instagram, I'm like,
0: no! <laughs> I, I want to click it, but I can't! I don't understand why Instagram haven't introduced that yet. They have so many other features, but something as simple as clicking a link, it's like, we know you know how to do it. Like, <laughs> why are you holding out? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They probably want us to stay in Instagram. It's their trick to keep us on there forever. I think. So. <laughs> um,
1: it also like it's probably also they're pushed for paid advertising too because you can click from an ad. So yeah. there's probably they're like use our paid stuff first.
0: Yeah, cheeky buggers! Not everyone can afford yeah. that just yet. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so you have built quite a successful business in quite a short time, which is incredible. So tell us a little bit about what you think you attribute your success to. Um,
1: a lot of hard work. Yep. Um, when I was working in advertising, like I was I worked really hard, building my connections there, building my experience to like doing a lot of different jobs like a lot of different jobs in that time, a lot of like widening my skill set, taking opportunities whenever they came to me to learn new things was really important
0: yep mm-hmm. um,
1: but also like I was kind of thrown in the deep end like and I think also like I just had to I had to trust myself yeah. um like when I knew my contract wasn't going getting extended I applied for so many jobs I went for so many interviews and like I withdrew my application from about three after about th- like the three different jobs, I think after interview. Cause I was like, I just, I'm not vibing this. Like if it's not something I'm really excited about, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. Um, and I was lucky. I'd already picked up a couple of freelance clients already. Yeah. Um, so I was working with a naturopath already. So I was like, you know what? I like there's people out there who want to work with me. Yeah. I, like, I'm excited by this work. I'm just going to give it a go. Um, and it's paid off. So that was a yeah. bonus.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. But I
1: think really having that, like, experience doing different things, just taking, you know, taking on anything um, to learn those skills and then, yeah, having to trust myself was the key to
0: yeah. getting there. Yeah, so brilliant and so great to see that it has paid off and, like, yeah, you backed yourself and now here you are and it's just yeah. going to continue to grow and grow as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to the mindset of business, what would you say is one of like the main mindset shifts that you've had to go through um, to help you get to where you are today?
1: Um, Being open and adaptable to change in the last 12 months was definitely a big thing. Like yeah. I, I'd been through changes before, but obviously with COVID and everything being so unpredictable, yeah, being adaptable and open to change was really important. Um, yeah. But then like it comes back to trusting myself and just, dreaming big and like if you don't think it's possible then it's not going to happen yeah um, there will be so many people who tell you that it's not you know it's not going to happen it's not going to work you don't have enough money you don't have enough experience you don't have enough time you're not well enough if you don't believe it's going to happen though it's not going to happen like you have to trust yourself and be like no no i'm i believe this is going to happen i'm going to prove you wrong and i'm going to make this happen
0: yeah absolutely that is so important like we really do have to be our own cheerleader and just back out yeah. Like yeah absolutely
1: absolutely and it's like yeah it's backing yourself it's trusting yourself it's yeah. like having that vision like and being so sure on that vision of like I don't care if you have to draw do a vision board write it down what <laughs> it is like Really articulate what it is you want. Yeah. And then you will make the path to make it happen. But if you don't know what that end vision is, then it, it's all murky.
0: Yeah. So true. Yeah. So I liken that to um, trying to get somewhere without a map. Like if you don't know what you're working towards, you don't have to know how you're getting there. You just have to know an idea of what you're working towards and it can change, it can evolve. But if you're just like going out blind, chances are you're going to take a very long way there. <laughs>
1: absolutely I like that
0: I like that a lot awesome and if you could recommend one book for every listener to read what would it be and why
1: yeah so generally um I read The Alchemist not that long ago and I really loved that book like I know like it's probably been recommended on here before but
0: I don't know if it has
1: simplicity and the messaging in it like it was it was divine like I like I was working and I devoured it in four days. Like I just could not put it down. Um, It was so good from like a health book perspective. um, I recently finished uh, Beyond, was it Beyond the Pill? Um, Yeah, Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton, I think it is. Oh, yeah. Um, That was a really, really good book. Like it got very scientific in points, but really good information, really valuable
0: amazing yeah that sort of stuff is so fascinating so definitely one to check yeah
1: totally and like I spent seven or eight years I think on the pill um because I was told that that was my only that was the only way I could stop ovarian cysts Mm. and now I've been off the pill for two years and haven't had an ovarian cyst because I'm managing with diet and acupuncture so yeah it's very interesting um what we know now about it compared to what we knew then
0: yeah absolutely I feel like that's the sort of stuff we should be teaching everybody <laughs> like why isn't this common knowledge <laughs> Yeah,
1: totally. like the pill is just one that like it like I have a love-hate relationship with that yeah. like, like I love that I was able to live without sis for so long but I just oh like the amount of information I wish I was told then and yeah. the amount that I wish people were told now and that it just it isn't the cure-all for everything and even like we're not fully told what it does to our body either so coming like a lot of people have issues when they come off it yeah um that if they're informed it could have been managed a lot better
0: yeah absolutely yeah it's important stuff but it is good that there's growing awareness now and there's amazing books like that for us to check out and educate people with
1: (laughs) absolutely absolutely definitely agree
0: love it. And so obviously looking after yourself is something that's so important having chronic conditions, but it's important for everyone. We need to fill up our own cup before we can fill up other people's. What are some of the main things that you do to keep yourself healthy so that you can nourish and help other people too?
1: Yeah. Um I have a really strict morning routine. I'm getting strict with my nighttime routine. Yep. Um but my morning routine really does set me up for the day. Like I do find that really important. Um, mm-hmm. And my nighttime routine really helps me sleep. So that's also very important. Um, But like getting sleep, a little bit of exercise and getting, like keeping my diet. um, I say diet, but what I eat generally. um, Just under control so that I avoid foods that I react to um, all make my life a lot better. Like if any one of those three start falling off um, the table, then everything starts to crumble down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so important, definitely.
1: Yeah. So my morning routine at the moment, um like I do a bit of meditation and journaling in the morning, which just really clears my clears my head and gets me ready for the day, which is nice. And then at night time I do some reading um and journaling again if I feel I need to get anything out before going to bed. Um and a bit of yoga at night really helps me settle and get to sleep and have a nice restful sleep.
0: Yeah. I love that. Routines are the best. I'm obsessed with routines and I love learning about other people's and yeah, listening to yours. It's like, yes, you're doing so many good things.
1: <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> I it's love... always a work in progress.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It always is for everyone. Like we're not perfect. We're humans. Yeah. And that's okay.
1: Yeah. And even as practitioners, like we still have yeah. you know, days where it doesn't happen and that's totally yeah. okay.
0: Exactly. It's all about what we do most of the time as opposed to like it doesn't have to be all the time. Just that consistency well, yeah, in our marketing it's important in marketing consistency is also yep. important in health <laughs> absolutely it all crosses over it's all one of the same thing. it is absolutely well this has been so much fun but before we fully wrap up are there any parting words of advice or wisdom you have for the listeners today
1: just dream big and trust and believe in yourself that anything is possible because like as i said before if you don't believe in your vision then no one else is gonna believe in it either and it like it doesn't you can dream as big as you know as you want. Like when I said that I was starting a marketing business for health professionals and practitioners, people were like, what? Like they don't need marketing. There's no one there. I've got a business like I am mentoring students. I am you know doing amazing things that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. And so many people told me it wouldn't be possible and that they you know, your target audience isn't big enough. Well <laughs> there is a time going there and you know i've got this sorted and like the amount of people who still like like i i consistently work 30 hours a week yeah um yeah and that like some don't get me wrong sometimes that's working on my own content some like which still has to be done yeah um and you know promoting my own business but like i've i've got work um and the amount of people who are like oh like um I used to do some casual work like through uni and stuff yeah. and people would be like, Oh, we can give you some shifts if you like. And I'm like, <laughs> like you can if you want to, but like, <laughs> I do have work to do as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like if, yeah, you just need to dream big and any, like as the anything is possible if you believe in it.
0: Yes. I love that. That is powerful stuff. And so, so true. Amazing. And if people want to learn more about your mentoring or your ebook, where can they find that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Court Garfoot.
0: Um,
1: I have a website, which is courtgarfoot.com. And if you're interested in the ebook, I have a 10% off discount code, which is gradguide
0: grad guide. Perfect. And I'll pop that in the caption and the show notes as well. So just in case you guys want to grab it, which it is fantastic and I do recommend. Um, Yeah, it'll be nice and easy to find. So thank you so much for joining me here today, Court. This has been awesome. It's been so insightful hearing about your journey and your experience, but also I feel like you've taught people so much about marketing itself and they've got tools and tips that they can start implementing now. So it's been like a bit of a workshop as well. (laughs) So thank you so much for everything.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. And like, I love talking about this stuff. So um, yeah, if anyone has any questions or anything like that, feel free to just click me a message.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.